broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Hey Jennifer, how's it going? Hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for inviting me today. Oh, for sure. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little a little bit about your work and what you're studying? Yeah, definitely. So hi everyone. Uh, my name is Jennifer Wongala. I go by Jen or Jennifer. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm a second year PhD student at Oregon State University in the ocean earth and atmospheric sciences program. <clears throat> so I was born and raised on the island of Oahu, Hawaii in the small town of Waimanalo. And I also identify as a, a mixed Pacific Islander of Ho- Samoan, Hawaiian, Chinese, Japanese, and uh, white ancestry. And so a little about my research as an oceanographer. So I consider myself a biological oceanographer and my tool of choice are uh, computer models And so the research I usually do involves asking how marine organisms move over space and time. And I simulate this using a type of computer model called a particle tracking model. And so for my PhD thesis, I'm actually working on modeling the transport of this parasite called Toxoplasma gondii in the coastal waters around Hawaii in regards to um, Hawaiian monk seal health. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, do you get to like actually work around the ocean a lot or is it more of kind of like in a, in a lab or something? Yeah. So I'm, you know, like my research, there's not really any need for me to go out into the ocean because I'm, yeah, I'm also like a modeler. So there's like a joking term called a desk oceanographer. Um, but I, I do go out to sea like on research vessels to go and like volunteer and help other people's research. And that's how I get my, um, my field feet kind of wet, I guess you could say. How did you become interested in this type of work? Yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, thinking so my town is actually a coastal town in Hawaii, like the beach is less than five minute walk away. But um, I was not, <laughs> I did not think of like, when I grew up, I'm going to be an earth scientist or an oceanographer. Um, so I actually learned about Um, oceanography and like earth sciences after my first year of college where I was attending um, Kapi'olani Community College and they had a summer bridge program um, through the STEM center there and I was in it I forget how long the program was I think like eight weeks or something and each day we did math in the morning for like four hours so we got free math credits Um, and then in the afternoon we met like different people in different STEM disciplines. And one of the weeks I met um, people from the University of Hawaii at Manoa who were in uh, SOAS. So they study oceanography, geology, atmospheric sciences. And I, um, yeah, they exposed us to all of these like cool things. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And I ended up applying to this uh, paid like year long research internships I had. and. I've been hooked ever since. Um, I actually still talk to a lot of those people and I'm really close with some of them to this day. And that was when I was like 19, so it was pretty cool. 
That's really great. I can imagine there's probably a lot of work around oceanography in Hawaii. What does a typical day look like for a PhD student that's studying oceanography? Oh gosh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it definitely can vary. Um, I would say my morning starts off at like 10. So like I mentioned earlier, like I don't do mornings. Um, and everyone who knows me knows I'm like a more of a night owl. Uh, and so I usually goes with like checking emails, um, you know, like checking my like calendar, like do I have a bunch of meetings today or maybe I have some free time to uh, focus on like my thesis more. Um, and I'm also taking a class this term, which I'm really excited about. So that's twice a week um, on ocean policy, which is out of my um, zone of comfort, but the professor is great. Um, so yeah, meetings, emails, um, and then I'll, I do a lot of um, like coding, you know, and modeling. And so a lot of my day, you know, will work on like, do I have to debug the model? What's going on? Uh, running analyses. Um, you know, debugging that can like take a lot of time. So, you know, if I'm doing some of that work. Um, but yeah, I'm mostly like, you know, at my computer. It sounds like what you're doing also involves some level of tech, like coding and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Could you talk a little <laughs> bit about that? Because I, I didn't kind of, I guess I didn't realize how um, there's that overlap there. Yeah, so I, my background is not in uh, like computer science or anything like that. Um, I, I just had like an, a research experience where I met this guy and was like, he kind of said like, hey, like, you know, it'd be the skills of the future, you know, would be to learn how to code and like use all these things. And I'm like, hmm, I want a job in the future. So maybe I'll learn these skills. Um, and I interned with someone and she was like, and she was a uh, professor who did a lot of like, she used the pro, um, statistical program R. And so that's the language I like primarily know, but I use also like Python. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so you grew up in Hawaii and then you came out to Oregon to work on your master's and your, in your PhD now. Um, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in talking about um, your experience coming from Oahu and then to OSU in Oregon, a predominantly white institution, predominantly white state, and kind of how, um, I don't know, how that went for you. Yeah, oh gosh. Um, yes, there, I definitely went through a large uh, culture shock moving to Oregon. Um, you know, I've had like a few instances, but I think the one that sticks to me the most that I think explains it well would be um, when I first started working in like the building I'm in now. And I got a lot of like questioning looks or like, confusing. Um, and then a, someone asking me like if I was lost, you know, um, I didn't think much about this until I realized no other students were being asked if they were lost, <laughs> um, you know, and luckily I was in a hurry and I was, that's why, you know, even more, I was kind of questioning like, what just happened? Um, and so I quickly, you know, got to sidestep that person. Um, but then as I like went, you know, the year went by and I went and continued my grad school career, you know, I realized that a lot of like BIPOC, so black indigenous people of color, students, faculty and staff, like they, this happens to a lot of people and it's very common sadly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I think a good description of my, you know, kind of moving here. Has it, um, has it 
changed since? Like, has it gotten any better or do you still experience that a lot? Um, so I think it's, you know, like everyone on my floor, like people, I think there's a lot more diverse, you know, students on my floor now. Um, and because, you know, people know me, like, you know, there's not a lot of Pacific Islander um, looking graduate students in our in who I work with so yeah everyone's like oh yeah you're talking about Jen um so so it is better but it, it's also like the discussion about like being very visible right in these spaces um that's also you know like everyone's like yeah we know Jen or like oh yeah that, that girl you know is here but yeah I know your social justice work is also really important to you and you've been working with ARCs and unpacking diversity and would you be able to talk about that a little bit yeah, for sure. Thanks for asking. And so just to give a little background, so Unpacking Diversity um, was a grassroots effort by primarily um, women of color um, graduate students. And so it was founded by three people um, who are now like professors and researchers. Um, and they're super awesome. So they wanted to create like this space to create so that the um, university and like earth sciences where it would become a more welcoming and hospitable place for like underrepresented peoples. Um, and so they noticed this and came to this conclusion because they realized that a lot of the students and faculty were majority white and wanted to do something about it. Um, so from there, they started their own seminar series um, that invited, you know, experts on topics, different topics such as a uh, Mac excuse me, micro and macroaggressions, uh, indigeneity, whiteness, and higher education. Um, and yeah, just kind of culminated to like the three different years, you know, of having these like seminars. And then at the end of the year, having like a large, like OSU-wide seminar. And as we got larger, uh, we were able to collaborate with groups like ARCs and uh, Oregon Sea Grant, for example. But uh yeah, right now Unpacking Diversity doesn't do any more uh, OSU-based seminars or within our college, but we do still do larger things like uh, talking at larger conferences, such as SACNIS. Um, but yeah, it was, really, it was really important for me and I met a lot of awesome people through Unpacking Diversity. Are there any resources like on the OSU campus that um, are good for people that are um, dealing with a similar situation that you had to deal with when you first got to OSU? Yeah, so OSU has um, the Office of Institutional Diversity, or OID. Um, there's also cultural centers located across campus. So there's the Asian Pacific Islander um, Cultural Center, APCC. There's the Lonnie B. Harris Black Cultural Center. Um, there's also, you know, in, um, centers for LGBTQ plus um, students. There's Oh gosh, for, um, and for, there's, you know, there's a website and I can like give the links for those. Um, we also have counseling services called CAPT and forgive me, I can't remember the acronym. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of different resources. And I, I think just like, you know, hopefully a lot of students can like find community there with people who they can uh, relate to. There's also, oh, there's also the, um, the uh, native center that I can't remember their new name though, but um. Yeah, I think I can definitely provide links. That'd be awesome. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> um, 
I know that you're, you're also a hustler when it comes to like getting stuff done. It seems like you pack a lot into your schedule. Um, not only doing like your social justice work and going to class to get your PhD, um, but you're also like financially supporting yourself and you kind of have been for, I mean, it seems like the entirety of your post-secondary education. It, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but when I was snooping on you, it seemed like that's kind of uh, <laughs> the situation. And um, I was wanting to know if you could kind of give advice about like what it's like to be a, a student and a person that has to you know, work to support themselves. And if you have any advice for young people that are maybe looking at facing a similar situation, if they decide to pursue a degree. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So it's definitely, yeah. So you're right. Yeah. Good, good uh, investigative work. Um, <laughs> so I guess some advice for students, you know, for anyone who's had to juggle like full-time, you know, working in school is I'm a huge advocate of like finding your support system. Uh, so I mentioned the people who I met during that summer program. Um, you know, I'm still really close with a lot of those people. Um, and during that time in my life, like when I was younger, I could relate a lot to like my roommates, friends, and general mentors, um, especially roommates and friends. You know, I made friends with others who had similar situations as mine so that we could really understand one another. Um, and also, I think it's really good um, to find jobs that are on campus so that you're able to, um, or they're required to like work around your schedule. And usually I find that campus jobs pay a little better, you know, um, a bit more at least, that's what I find. Um, and it's also like helpful to making connections too. Yeah, so is like, the, is your goal to like, kind of continue on with a career in um, like this academic kind of world or are you trying to go more into like a private sector when you're um, done with your PhD? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, I think everyone, when you come into a PhD, you're like, I want to be a professor, you know, and they train you, right, to be like an academic researcher. Um, but now after, you know, it's like, this will be my fifth year in graduate school, and uh, I'm in my the second year of my PhD. I mean, you know, I think, I think generally not everyone, but a lot of people, you know, get kind of burnt out, right? Um, and they're kind of like, you know, it'd be nice to just yeah, get a job. Uh, so I'm thinking that I would, I still love my research. I still really enjoy what I do, but I'd probably want to um, be like, a, I know there's, you know, government researchers. So for me, I could, places I could see myself at are like NOAA, you know, um, different like sectors within NOAA or, or potentially, you know, like an academic researcher. I, I keep my options open. <laughs> I guess that I kind of realized that I didn't, I might not know something about a PhD person that, um, does your research kind of follow you through your career? Like if a PhD student like decides like, I'm going to research this specific thing, they, they keep researching that through their career if they decide to stay like in academia. Yeah. Right. It's Cause it kind of, you know, people definitely can branch out. Right. But with your PhD, you're kind of like learning these, um, skills and kind of making a name for yourself right in like this field um and it's also like very very like specific research um or like a specific type of skill that you cultivate over you know like 
four to seven years, you know, because PhDs can take pretty long sometimes. Um, they definitely can, but there are people, you know, who do different things, you know, from their PhD or like master's research, you know, they can do a, a postdoc, you know, that's like after you get your PhD, you go and work with, um, you know, maybe at like government agency or like usually with another professor at different universities and work with them for like them, you know, max of like one to two years and you can learn other skills. But uh, yeah, usually it's very, um, you know, you're like a person who does, like for me, I'm a person who does a lot of like this particle tracking modeling. So it's like, I try to understand how organisms are moved or transported in the ocean, you know, by ocean currents. Um, and those are like, that's like my skill set, you know, but I also have other skills that are uh, transferable, like the um, using like R, Python, um, and just general like computer skills and, and stuff like that. What are some of your accomplishments along your educational journey that you're most proud of so far? Yeah, um, I guess some like general ones or like some basic ones for me would be like earning my bachelor's and master's degree. Um, a lot of stuff going on when I was graduating high school to the point where I wasn't sure if I'd attend college. And I think I was thinking about this question. I was like, if I talked to Jennifer when I was 17 and, you know, like future Jennifer came was like, you're going to be getting your PhD, you know, <laughs> like eventually I'd be like, you're a liar. <laughs> you're, this is funny. Um, and I wouldn't believe you. And so now that I'm here, it's really crazy to think about. Um, and I'm really proud of myself. Um, also the really cool places I've gotten to travel because of science you know, pre, pre pandemic, right? So um, I've gotten to go to like Europe, uh, Costa Rica, like the East Coast, Alaska, and like research cruises, and they've all been paid for, which I'm like, hey. <laughs> so do you have any, um, do you have any tips for young folks that are looking to follow a similar career path as you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think especially with like science or STEM, um, some disciplines like maybe if you're interested in going to graduate school especially right because I think a lot of time it's like for me at least you know it's kind of thinking like I need to get a master's or a PhD eventually um, I think it's super important to get involved in research early in like your uh, like undergraduate uh, career mm -hmm. um, and so I think you know sometimes it's like well I don't even know what I want to do what I want to research what I want to get involved in and I'm like well that's okay because like if you research you know in a lab or something and you realize like mm, like this isn't really for me you can still you still learn something right you're still like well I didn't really like uh you know microbes or like computer stuff so I can I'm gonna like you know maybe switch to another group um and you still gained experience and skills that you can add to your CV and resume um like for me I worked with microbes literally for a year and I was like I don't think this is for me and then I moved on, you know, to something else, but I had those skills that, and experience where people are like, oh, wow, you worked in this lab for a full year. I'm like, yes. And I would like to work with yours now, please, you know, and like gain experience here. And um, it's helpful. Yeah. I feel like um, a lot of kids uh, or even like older people have that same issue of like, you know, I just don't know what I want to do. And then it gets harder and harder to like motivate to go and pursue like post-secondary education. 
I mean, that was, that was, you know, the same thing for me where it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but, um, you know, I feel like just getting into the class and like going to school and taking these opportunities and like, you know, you may not even like necessarily like use your degree. Um, I mean, maybe not with in the situation, like in your PhD, but, um, you know, you, you can gain the skills and gain the networking and then figure it out from there, but it's hard to really get going if you don't have anywhere to start. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I think you give like a really valid point of like, you know, if people are coming back or, or like my, in my experience, like people um, not having like the option to do like free work, right, or volunteering. And so I think that's like, that's a whole nother issue that I have um, a bone to pick with is like, you know, like free internships or like volunteering. Um, and so, yeah, it's like a huge, right, like how am I supposed to figure out what I like when, you know, you have all these other things to think about, right? Like I have bills to pay, but you know, I'm being told like, oh, I should do like these volunteering. And it's like, well, I, I have bills to pay. So you're volunteering, don't you like pay me? You know, <laughs> like if not, then, and that was my thing for me. I was like, I, I think maybe another piece of advice is like, I, I didn't do anything like for free. Cause you know, it's like, I would love to in this experience but I have bills to pay and I don't have time to volunteer with your effort and I think it's a real like uh, issue yeah for sure um there's that I think there's like that reel going around now or has been for a while of like exposure doesn't pay the bills and I think it's also a great practice in knowing your worth and um and abdicating for yourself um to to get paid for any work that you do whether you're brand new or um you know, like a pro. Yes, exactly. I, I agree completely. Yes. All, all the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to switch gears just like a little bit. Um, I know that you're interested in anime and manga, and I was kind of wondering if there were any titles that were particularly piquing your interest right now. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big anime manga, like light novel fan. Um, I think right now, uh, there's the right there's a lot of hype on like attack on titan because of the latest um season but the last and final season part two of final season coming out and so i haven't watched that yet um i one book that i'm really into that also has an anime and if you're like a a book lover or what do they say bibliophile i think online now is um or it's i just learned that word um <laughs> is ascendant of a bookworm um by mia kazuki it's amazing um and I think I appreciate it because it's really complex um like the world the author set up is like insane um it's really complex and in the beginning I actually didn't like it I thought the main character was a brat um <laughs> but it's it's really good I thought it was it's amazing and I'm like I got hooked on the light novels and now I'm just like waiting for the next one to come out um but yeah no I yeah anime and, and manga is definitely like my the hobby I I picked up in uh, college primarily and um, I, I watched them as a as a kid you know like the Pokemon Beyblade I was really into um, but yeah in college I was like this is amazing <laughs> awesome so what what's next for you do you have any projects that you're working on you know right now um, I'm just really trying to keep the momentum going on my thesis research um, I have like some summer plans that I'm trying to work together um, to keep, you know, moving on like the next kind of a chapter in my thesis. So I'm just trying to 
keep things going um and some other like projects I'm working on so yeah the life of a grad student is the, the goal to graduate right and like not get distracted along the way but so many things going on <laughs> for sure that's awesome hey I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on the show and talk about what you do and you know everything you have going on yeah no problem thanks so much for inviting me this was a lot of fun <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of closing the gap if you like this show subscribe on spotify you can also find us on instagram at mvstemcte on twitter at midvalleystem and online at midvalleystem.org until next time keep progressing <laughs>